Welcome, folks, to another episode of That Anita Live, emotional healing to help you create a happier life. I'm Anita, your host, and this week we're discussing fatherless, forsaken, and forgiven. Many of us discuss growing up without a father present in our daily lives, but what we don't discuss is the long-lasting effects it leaves on our self-esteem and our decision-making. Shanice Stewart is here to share with us her story of how being heartbroken at an early age led to some devastating decision-making. She's one of six authors in a new collaborative book titled Women Who Overcome. Let's find out exactly how Shanice did it. Hello. Hi, thank you for coming out today. Thank you for having me. So, zero to 13, your dad wasn't in the home and you're saying that that reflected upon you, how so? Um, you know, growing up with, as a young girl without your father can be, you know, devastating. And it can be, you know, have a lot of challenges on your life growing up. So, um, my father, he, he wasn't in my life, um, you know, off and on. He was in my, he was present. And, you know, I spent a little time with him as a young girl. But, like I said, I remember, like I said in the book, I remember less days with him than, you know, than a lot of on days with him. So. And it was challenging, you know, it affected me growing up, you know. Um, you just said you looked forward to three phone calls a year. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> yes. Even as even if I, even as I say it now, mm -hmm. your face lights up. Yes. Why? Um, it's just, you know, as a little girl, you know, you, you long for that father-daughter relationship, you know. Um, even you know, no matter how old you get, you know, you still... What did you feel you were missing? Love. You know, I, I had love for my mother. I had unconditional love for my mother, but that father, that male it's love. Mm-hmm. So I, I longed for that. I, I longed for that. So when he would call, I, I, I looked forward to it because he was consistent with the phone calls, you know. <laughs> I not have been consistent in my life, you know, having that relationship. Mm -hmm. But with the phone calls, you know, I look forward to them and, you know, just checking on me, seeing how I'm doing and everything. So, you know, he called me for my birthday um, a couple weeks before Christmas to ask me what I wanted and then on Christmas Day. So And, and the packages arrived. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Mm -hmm. Consistent with that. Yes. So now, that's childhood, but then when we get into high school, mm -hmm. that longingness and that void, how does that play out in some of your decision making as a high school student? Once I became a teenager, you know, I started dealing with low self-esteem, you know, um, and feeling rejected because that was, you know, your father. You know, when your father, your parent rejects you, you know, it's like, wow, you know, am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. You know, you start to look at yourself and what's wrong with me? You know, so you, you begin to put up a wall because you don't want to be rejected anymore because rejection hurts. Yes. So, you know, I dealt with low self-esteem, not, not feeling pretty, you know, because I felt like a father is supposed to be the first male to tell you you're beautiful, you're smart, mm -hmm. you're intelligent, you know, you can do anything, you know. So I didn't have that. And, you know, like I said, my mother, she was there to encourage me and everything, but that father figure, you know, that missing piece to, the, to my puzzle, my life, you know, it was difficult. So then in high school, mm -hmm. when that tall, dark, and handsome, <laughs> 
started to, you know, ring Shanice's telephone or tell Shanice she was pretty. Mm -hmm. How did Shanice respond to that attention? I just automatically fell for it because I didn't have the male to tell me that I was beautiful. So when he did, I just like, oh my gosh, he, he likes me, you know, he thinks I'm beautiful, he thinks I'm pretty, you know, and I just fell for it. So when he told me that he loved me, I believed him. But the crazy part is I didn't know what love was at that time. You know, I, I was, I got lust and love mixed up. So I just fell for everything that he said. I believed that he loved me. And at that age, you couldn't tell me that he didn't love me because I just felt that this is love. What's the difference between the two? Love and lust. Love is unconditional. You know, lust, you, you just drawn to someone um, because of the outer appearance. But love is the inward appearance, you know, um, which you can't see, but you can feel it in your heart. And it's like in, when, when, when the person, you know, say they change their appearance, and you don't lust after them no more because you was looking for the outer <laughs> right. attraction. Right. But love, unconditional love, is the heart, you know? So I had to grow and learn that, the opposite from love versus lust. So in high school, give me some specific examples mm -hmm. of, of decision-making that was not so good. Right. Um, in high school, you know, um, I thought he loved me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I found myself just you know, not falling too behind in my grades, but not giving it all, my all. So, um, skipping school, you know, just doing things that I, I knew I shouldn't have done, but because you think you're crazy in love, you just fall for anything. So, I, um, you know, losing my virginity at a young age, at the age of 16 years old, and, um, you know, just making a lot of, that's, that's my bad decision making. If I can go back, there's so many things I would have done different, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, so that was my, my bad decision making, um, you know, just giving myself away because I thought that was love. I thought that was my, my way of showing him that I love him, you know. When you did find out that it wasn't what you thought it was mm -hmm. in high school as a 15, 16, 17 year old, how did that make you feel? Um, when I felt like when I realized this wasn't really love. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt rejected again, you know, because I'm like, wow, you know, I did all of this, but only to still feel empty inside. You know, I, I later on, I found out that I was trying to fill a void. And the person that could only fill that void is the person I was running from. Because when I was in that relationship with that guy, I would turn my back on God. And when we would break up, God would do something in our relationship. And I'm like, oh, I'm done with him. And I give my attention to God. When things got better, I turned my back, you know, against God and went back. So that should have shown Because then you me. got comfortable. Like, okay, this mm -hmm. is this is good. Yeah. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And you get involved in the dailiness of life and the dailiness of school. Right. So then you kind of fall off from your discipline. Mm -hmm. Was he the only guy that attracted your attention? Yes, and he was. Mm -hmm. How long did you all date? We dated from um, 10th grade into my second year college. So I didn't wow. go to college far because okay. um, my mother was pregnant with my brother. I wanted him to know me and then I thought I was so in love and I didn't want to go far. So I only went uh, 45 minutes away. Yeah, you were the Coppin State, mm -hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> look, at, look at her face <laughs> when I mentioned Coppin State. So you had fun at Coppin State. Yeah, I had fun. <laughs> Because in college, mm -hmm. you started working at uh, the Red Carpet Club, yes. right? Mm -hmm. How'd you get that job? 
um, I, I was, I was, you know, a college student. You know, you need money. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, how can I get some quick money? So I was like, okay, um, I was thinking about becoming a bartender. So I went to bartending school and completed the class. I was the only female in my class. You know, got a good grades and everything. I was like, I should apply that to my college. <laughs> But I did good in um, my bartending school. And then, you know, they said that they would find job placements. So I looked at jobs, and it was so many different jobs. So I found the Red Carpet Club in the airport. So I signed up and uh, went in for my interview, and I got the job on the spot. Got the job. <laughs> Serving up the devil's right. nectar. <laughs> Having a good right. time. <laughs> you mentioned that in college, mm -hmm. you made what you call mm -hmm. the worst mistake that you'd ever made. Mm -hmm. What was yes. that? In college, um, our third year of college, me and my best friend at the time, mm -hmm. we thought we were so grown, so we went off and um, decided. Well, I mean, because I moved off campus, too. Uh -huh. I mean, that was, a th <laughs> that was a thing to do. When you right. become an upperclassman, right. you don't stay on campus right. with the what? freshman. freshman. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of us mm -hmm. moved off campus. Now, how did that affect your relationship with your best friend? Um, it's, it's crazy because I thought when we got an apartment together that it would draw us closer together, but it just pulled us completely apart, you know. And if I would have known that living together would destroy our friendship, I would have just stayed on campus. What are some of the things that you argued about? Um, the rent. <laughs> you know, she wasn't paying her part of the rent. And um, it's funny because God will give you red flags to show you. But you like, okay, now nah, I already jumped out there, so let me just go ahead and keep <laughs> going. So, um, you know, just rent issues, inviting people over to spend the night that I didn't even know, you know. Mm -hmm. It wasn't people that, you know, friends that we know, um, you know, when we were in college, it was just new people. And I'm, it was just, it just, things got out of hand, Did you she know? throw a lot of parties in the apartment? No, no parties, just, it, she just changed, you know. It, she wasn't the same person that I, you know. You know, they say it's it's easier to live with a stranger than your friend or someone you know. So I learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. How did that end? Did the two of you stay in the apartment together until graduation, or did she move? Did you no, move? No, I um I encouraged her to sign off the lease since so she couldn't encouraged pay. Encouraged her. <laughs> yeah, because things was that a nice encourage no, or was that a girl it, you got to go? Yeah, it was a girl you got to go. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried and I tried to work with her because I'm you know. A, a sweet person and everything and I don't like confrontation I don't like drama but it got to that point where it was like you know it's better just for you to just sign off on the lease since you're not paying your part of the rent anyway mm -hmm. just go ahead and sign off and I'll just stay here how did that work out it didn't work out good at all mm -hmm. you know I allow I allow mm -hmm. pride to just get the best of me you know and you know, because like I said, I jumped out there. So my family, they said, oh, she's doing good. She got an apartment, you know. But I was struggling to pay that rent by myself. How many myself. jobs were you working? Two jobs. I was working every day, <laughs> every single day, Monday through Sunday. And attending class. Yes. It was, it was hard, you know. It was hard. That's why I say that was one of the worst decisions, you know, because so much came along with that decision. What stopped you from stepping back and saying, okay, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. I have to figure out a change. Mm -hmm. I need to either get another roommate or move back on campus. Pride, pride, mm -hmm. um, it had the best of me. Like I said, you know, people thought I was doing so good and, you know, I wanted to keep that, you know, um, keep them thinking, you know, that I was doing so that good. That red bottom shoe look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, continue to wear this mask like I'm okay, but inside I was broken, you know, from even past baggage that I still held on to. Like? You know? 
um, like my father, like not having him in my life and holding on to that unforgiveness. You know, mm -hmm. I held on unforgiveness to my friend for all the, the whole mix up with the whole apartment. I held on to that unforgiveness. So I, would, I just fell into depression in that mm -hmm. part of my life, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? I can't go back to campus. I can't move back home. What am I going to do? You know, so I just try to find another roommate. Yeah, and you did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back to hear about Shanice's new roommate, who turned out to be, I know, at least a good 10 years older than she was. We'll be right back. Welcome to That Anita Live TV on YouTube. Here at That Anita Live, I share episodes about emotional healing to help you create a happier life. How do I do that? Through awareness, education, and most importantly, you, the community. By sharing tips and techniques from real people with real stories of overcoming trauma and abuse to live relentless lives. Hanging out with me, you'll laugh, you'll learn, but most importantly, you'll heal. Never miss a moment. Subscribe to That Anita Live's YouTube channel today. Subscribe via thatanitalive.com forward slash YouTube. We're back hearing about Shanice's college experience and how Decisions in her college years were made based on the baggage that she carried from her childhood. At that point, before we went to break, Shanice was getting ready to bring us up to speed on the new roommate. Yes. So I was working one of my jobs at CVS Pharmacy, and um, he just came, this random guy just came to the um, drop off. He didn't even want to drop off a prescription. He was just making chit chat. So, um, so I just, was talking to him just to be nice and friendly because that's the type of person I'm just going to be friendly and we ended up he gave me his number I'm like I'm not going to call him so I ended up calling him when I was at my other job and I was just bored it was a slow day so I said let me go ahead and text him so we began to text back and forth and everything and we we became really good friends you know especially after losing my best friend you know mm -hmm. and you try to you know you try to fill a void right. quick with another person mm -hmm. just because I talked to this person so much and then okay let me talk to this person so I um we began to talk we became really good friends and then I told him about my apartment situation and how I was struggling he was like oh I know someone who would love to be your roommate <laughs> I was like okay who he was like me I was like oh no mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not doing that you know um you know having some man live with me, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I let pride and, you know, get the best of me and it allowed me to go against my beliefs and my morals and values and I allowed him to move in with me because I was so How desperate. How long did you know him before he moved in? Maybe a month, just okay. a month, you yeah. know? And that was just a sign of desperation, you know, because I didn't want to move back home. I didn't want to go back to campus. I didn't want nobody to know that I was struggling either. Somebody knew it because he picked you. Mm -hmm. That wasn't random mm -hmm. for him to just come through mm -hmm. the CVS that day. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, that was, he, he picked you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so some, no matter how hard we try to hide mm -hmm. some things, 
he knew. Mm -hmm. How long did you all live together? We lived together for, uh, I believe, a year. Okay, now, during that <laughs> year, mm -hmm. let's start with he moves in. So he moves in, you know, we're roommates and everything, then we became more than roommates quickly. So, and like I said, I feel like that goes back to the rejection of, you know, my childhood. You know, wanting that male in my home, in my life, you know, and wanting to feel needed and wanted by a male. So, we, like I said, we became roommates, I mean, more than roommates quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yep, so he was 10 years older than me. And then I found out he was actually <laughs> still married. How did you find that up? <laughs> um... It was crazy. Um, he, he just bluntly just came out and told me, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is even worse than, you know, the fact that you're 10 years older than me, yes. that you're gonna move in with me, you know? So it's like, I've, I believe that when you do make one bad decision, it's, it's kind of easy to fall in it's and make so effect. many, you yes. know? And then you look at your life and like, how did I end up here, you know, because of that one bad decision? And like you said, a domino effect. Now, I'm sure on the patio that night mm -hmm. is where you had that how did I get here moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. What led to that? Like, I, I began to see his true colors. Like, after a while, like, he was very, like, the jealous type, you know? And because he was 10 years older than me, I don't know if he felt like, uh, like I was his daughter, you know? Mm -hmm. You know how sometimes you try to be overprotective of mm -hmm. your daughter? So I don't know if he was, like, overprotective, but he was, like, the jealous type, and things became physical and everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did I get here? So it, got, it became so bad one night that I just left the apartment. I had on a t-shirt, some sweatpants, no shoes, no socks, and I just went outside and sat on my neighbor's patio, and I felt more safe out there in the dark, late at night, than I did in my own apartment. Yeah, because you weren't dealing with his representative anymore. Right. You started dealing with the real person. Yes. He couldn't yeah. He couldn't hold it mm -hmm. any longer. And it now, was scary. Did he at least help with the rent oh, or yes. the yes, responsibilities he around the apartment? Yes, he was great with, um, you know, finances and everything like that, so. That helped out a lot, but that other side, it wasn't even worth it, you know? So, yeah. And that was a year. Yes. It wasn't bad the whole time. Things weren't, you know, right. bad the whole time. Hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. it, I'm sure it just kind of coasted mm -hmm. into. Yes, it did. <laughs> what was the first incident that made you take a second look? Like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I don't know him as well as I think I do. I think it was when I talked to his wife. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't even mention this in a book. No, you <laughs> Please spill the tea. You know, why did you get? She I called know. you, or you called her? She called me. Right. And it was ring, scary. Ring. Right. And it was scary because, mind you, I'm just a 22 year old young girl mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. Don't know what I got myself into. You know. So I'm talking to her, and she just talking bad about him and stuff. But come to find out, everything she said was true. Hold on. Stop <laughs> Bring that back for a second. You're at home. Mm -hmm. Phone rings. Mm -hmm. Hello. Right. And you say, hello. And then she says, you know, who she is. I'm such and such wife. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, boom, 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 right. Boom, boom. Because you see this stuff on TV. And right. like I said, I'm not one for drama, confrontation, but I found myself in a drama situation. And she just began to tell me all, everything about him. And of course, I didn't believe it at the time because I didn't see that man at the time only to find out months and months later that she was exactly right, because she's the wife. She says, sister, let me tell you what you got over mm -hmm. there. Yep. He's jealous, mm -hmm. he's aggressive, mm -hmm. he's not faithful. Mm -hmm. And to her on the phone, your response was? 
whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, because I didn't, like I said, I didn't see that. He was just so nice and sweet and, you know, generous, you know, so I didn't see that side of him. But the mask came off. In 12 months? <laughs> yes. that, was, that was his extension. He couldn't keep it any yes, longer than the that. the mask came off. How did that end? How um, long? Mm-hmm. When the year was up, mm-hmm. how did that relationship end? It, it was crazy because... Um, I told him that I have to leave this apartment, you know. I told him that I, uh, I'm going to break my lease because it, it got to that point where I'm like, forget it. I'll break my lease and leave. So he didn't believe me. Because things got physical. Mm-hmm. So when you say physical, I, mm-hmm. you mean did he choke you? No, did he just shake like, you? Yeah, like shaking, grabbing, you know, trying to get my phone and different things like that. Um, and it, it, that I, I just knew that I had to get out of this. Had you graduated? No, not So yet. you were still, still in college, in college. Mm-hmm. still working two jobs, mm-hmm. broke your lease, mm-hmm. and went to live where? With my parents. You moved 45 yep. minutes away. <laughs> yeah, I went to move back with my parents, and that was one of the best decisions I ever made. You know, I said, forget about my pride. I got to get out of this. So, like I said, he didn't even want to leave the apartment. I had to go. I'm, he starts seeing me moving my stuff. My father came. My my um my mother she married mm-hmm. and stuff y- yes, and he came helped me get out of there. And he was helping happy to help me get out of there. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was, how, how much did stepfather know if he was he, happy to help you? Right. Get out of there? I just had to just tell him what was going on. It got to that point where I just had to escape Hold on. from this. Was this a conversation on the phone with stepfather yes. or in person with stepfather? On the phone. What was his response to you when you said, "Look"? Let me mm-hmm. tell you what I got myself into. Mm-hmm. He said, come on home. And that was like the best words that I can hear. Because my mother, she already told me, come on home. But when I heard it from him, it was like, wow, you know, I can come back home after the bad decisions that I made. Right. You know, you still want to save me and keep me from, you know, ba- making more bad decisions. So he said, come on home. And that next day, it's mm. t- time to go. So when your stepfather did injure your life, that was about 13, 13 yes. years old, yes. right? Did that change anything for you? Um, it was different for me, you know, because, you know, mind you, all these years had gone bad, by and I didn't have a father figure in my life. So then he comes in at um, in my teenage years, you know, your adolescent years. You think you're grown. You start to think you're grown at those mm-hmm. years. So it was hard to, um, you know, it was hard to accept it, you know, because, like I said, I didn't have a father in my life. So, but once I let down my, you know, my walls. Because in the house, it was just Mm -hmm. the three ladies. Yes. Your mom, you, and your sister. Yes. And I'm sure being the oldest, you and your mom were rather two peas in a pod. Mm -hmm. And then he enters the picture Mm -hmm. as her husband. Mm -hmm. Does that change your curfew time? No, it didn't change my curfew time. Did that change how you were able to uh, dress or your phone call time or um, what specifically did it change? It changed, um, I guess dress because he will say, okay, oh, let me see that outfit. Okay, I'm going to take that to the cleaners and then you'll never see that outfit again. <laughs> <laughs> so it changed that, but I didn't have that. So it was all new to me. So I had to learn how to, you know, um, from a male perspective, how a woman should dress and carry themselves. So, mm-hmm. so yes, yeah, so I appreciate him, you know, being in my life and everything. And like I said, I tell him this every Father's Day when we make our speech. I say, you know, I didn't like your nose. I didn't like your tough love, but I appreciate it now that I'm older. Yeah. yeah and the disappearing outfits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never see it again. <laughs> Looking back, 
Describe to me the Shanice that allowed a man that was 10 years older than her to move in and compare her to the Shanice that I have sitting before me now. Um, this Shanice right here, she's, um, she's not afraid of the word no. She's, she's, over, she's overcame rejection. You know, she knows that she is beautifully and wonderfully made. You know, she knows that, um, you know, God created her for a purpose because back then I didn't know I had a purpose. So I was just living my life, you know, as I wanted to. But it wasn't until I discovered, um, that God helped me discover that I'm full of purpose. So once I discovered that I was full of purpose, then I knew that, you know, God had an assignment for my life and it, it's not about me no more. So. The person I am today, and I thank God for all that I went through, you know, the seasons of brokenness, the, the dark days and the challenges, because now I'm able to minister to young girls and let them know it's okay. You know, you can get over that. You can overcome that obstacle. It's only a test. So one of the pivotal moments that you mentioned in the book is the forgiveness exercise. Yes. What is the forgiveness exercise and what do you think that it, how did it affect you? What did it lift off for you? Okay, the forgiveness exercise, um, it was an exercise given at a women's conference and the exercise was to write a letter to the person who who you were still holding unforgiveness to and when you write the letter just you know picture the person standing in front of you and write the letter out to them you hurt me you rejected me you made me feel this kind of way and when you're finished with the letter tear it up because when you tear it up it's symbolic to I forgive you and I'm letting it go so I did that to my biological father I wrote a letter because I thought I was, I thought I forgave him, you know, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the letter and I was crying as I was writing it because I was releasing everything that I had been holding in for all of those years. And I say, you hurt me. You know, I, I, I you know, you wasn't in my life growing up and I, when I needed you the most. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that letter out to him, tore it up, crying, and it was just, you know, forgiving him and letting it go. And then God began to restore our relationship a couple years later. Now, tell me this, mm -hmm. what is the difference between the guy, that your, your soulmate mm -hmm. that you dated and the guy in high school that you dated? The difference between the two, um, love versus l lust. You know, like I realized that was just lust. Mm -hmm. You know, that was just, you know, what I thought was love. And I, I felt like I was filling him with a void and I knew that, you know, later on I realized that it was only God that could fill that void. So I. That was lust, and this is unconditional love right here. This is real love, pure, genuine. Was it a difference in mm -hmm. what they tried to pressure you to do? Was there a difference in how they treated you? Yes, treated me. Yes, definitely treated me. But also, you know, as a teenager, you're still growing and learning yourself, you know, and he was still learning himself. And certain times, you know, peer pressure would take over. So you would do the things that your friends did, you know? So it wasn't always him pressuring me. It was, you know, friends pressuring you. And but for the teenage mm -hmm. girls that may see this okay. episode, mm -hmm. how can they tell the difference between the guy in school mm -hmm. that is filling them with lies mm -hmm. and what true love is? How can they recognize that in the man that is sitting before them? Okay, you can recognize that by his conversation. What is, you know, what is he saying, you know? Is he, you know, saying one thing like, oh, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're this, and then he's flipped the conversation to something else that's, you know, sexual, you know, and um, do he really want to get to know everything about you, you know, do he want to spend time with you outside of, you know, your home and different things like that? Do he want to take you out? Because a lot of guys will 
you know, not take females out because they want to keep them, you know, private because it's not, a, you know, it doesn't mean a lot to them. You know, this is not a serious relationship, so we can just kick it. We can just chill, Netflix and chill, the pe young people were saying, you know. And um, so, yeah, it's just his conversation, you know. Well, what is he saying? What is he saying? What is his conversation like? You know, how does he treat you? Does, does he show respect towards you? You know, and um, yeah, respect and conversation. You so does Shanice demand that respect now? Yes. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he he respects me. He supports me and everything. Yes. Forgiveness is very important. However, reconciliation has to be taken on a case-by-case -case basis. But often, the forgiveness we need most is the power to forgive ourselves. You may be harboring hurt from an event that happened years ago and it is stopping you from feeling the fullness of joy and enjoying the fullness of life. Learn to forgive yourself and move on. You can start by reaching out to your local crisis center or dialing the National Crisis Hotline, 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. Because we know sometimes you don't want to be fixed, you just want to be heard. If you'd like to learn more about Shanice, visit ShaniceLStewart.com. Make the commitment to start your journey to emotional healing today. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out ThatAnitaLive.com for where and when to see our next episode.